Hello and welcome to the Somali Professional Podcast. I am your host, Samira Ali, and you are in the right place for inspirational stories that have A to Z of passion, determination, and grit. Welcome. Hello and welcome to the Somali Professionals Podcast. This is your host, Samira Ali, and today I am super excited because we have a very special guest, Jawahir Tahir. And Jawahir, mashallah, has an amazing um, career history. And this is something that basically we want to find out more about her and she will share her challenges, everything that she's been doing. And it's just really, I'm really, really excited to have her here. So, Welcome, Jawahir Tahir, to our podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you very much, Samira, for uh, inviting me and having me. I'm also um, grateful for, for your time. No, we're honestly very grateful to have you, and I, and I can't wait for you to start sharing with our audience all the information that you would like to highlight. You know how it goes here in the Somali podcast, we like to share the highlights challenges and the low lights just to basically create a narrative of somebody where we started where you started from to where you are now um so would you mind please if you can share with us how you started your whole career please and tell us about um tell us about how you started and where you're at now in your life because i know you're doing lots of amazing stuff and it'll be really amazing for our audience to find out more thank you thank you samira and uh so uh, you know my my you know uh, career is a, is a journey and and you know it is it is a very long journey and 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 I think you know uh, everyone appreciates you know in terms of our life it's, it's a kind of a journey and and it's all the time is is going on mm-hmm. so if I start from for example and and, and I you know grew up in in, in Somalia Mogadishu um, I studied their language and literature in the University of University in Mogadishu, and I um, become assistant professor and, and there. And but also, really, when I finished my secondary school, even before I went into into university, I started, you know, um, becoming a trainee uh, at the Radio Mogadishu um, at the time because I, I really, you know, was kind of a hobby for me in terms of. Um, uh, working with 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 broadcasters, um, and, and, and before you know it, you know, really, you know, I uh, I become you know an, an an assistant presenter, and then you know worked in different uh, programs today. So I actually, as a young kind of uh, teenager, so I think I was at that time um, almost you know seventeen when I started as a trainee, and um, so that is actually you know when when that's I, how you started. Yeah, oh, yeah. So. Amazing, amazing. I didn't know that. So you had a very creative side. So you started in Mogadishu. After you started studying, you actually went and worked in the radio. Amazing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so when I finished my degree as a, as a as a um, uh, kind of linguistic, I always had also my um, um, you know uh, journalistic kind of side because they I, I saw them they you know uh, complemented with each other because. I, you know, I really liked, you know, reading and writing and, and, and I always, you know, in search in terms of um, interest in Somali culture, literature um, and society, you know, how the Somali society actually, what was the social fabric of the Somali society. And, and mainly, uh, it was really an, um, 
and my programs they were based there but also from in terms of linguistic side i was so interested in somali language uh -huh. always used to uh, wonder in terms of, of of the wealth of our language and how little has been written and also uh, researched at the time um so i came into the netherlands you know the 90s as an asylum seeker and uh, refugees after the civil war Yes, sir. And, and I, I thought, you know, I could, you know, find an easily job after, you know, learning the language, um, but it wasn't possible. Uh, that was part of, of the challenge that I faced there. Yes. Um, so I had to start again from, from scratch. Um, I, I decided after uh, learning the Dutch language, uh, when I couldn't find any job, there I started um, actually um, thinking of uh, studying again. So, um, you know, I, because always, you know, for me and the society was kind of very uh, a part of my interest in my career. Uh -huh. I decided to actually study social work. Um, I see. And, and one of the things that actually, um, especially um, encouraged me was a lot of Somali families and, and children were actually at the time coming into the Netherlands um, as asylum seekers, refugees, and, and I've seen firsthand how they were struggling to settle and um, understand the society and um, raise, you know, children in different uh, cultures. So for me, it was like actually more motivated by actually helping uh, and families and by going into, into social work. So I finished my degree as a social worker there and I started working as a social worker in, in, in the Netherlands before I, I moved to, to the UK. Uh-huh, yes. I, that's really, so, so basically what you're saying is that when you moved to, to the Netherlands, um, obviously, ideally, did you want to study, did you want to continue doing what you were doing in Mogadishu, or were you open for any jobs when you first, when you first moved into Netherlands, or um, what, what, what was in your ideal mind, what did you think you would be doing? I was actually interested to continue what I was doing, especially in the linguistic side. Uh -huh. and, and I remember, you know, we uh, and I, I visited um, um, the University of, of, of Language and Literature in, in 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 the Netherlands. Especially, they had also, you know, African Study uh, Center. And so, you know, I was hoping, basically, you know, I could I could continue uh, that, but also at least, you know, uh, my journalistic side as well. Um, so, absolutely, you know, I, you know, I. I couldn't do it. There wasn't much, you know, demand or opportunities basically there. Yes, yes. No, I totally understand. And that must have been really disappointing. So that was your first setback. It was. It was absolutely disappointing. Um, especially when you, you know, you, 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 you don't know what you expect when you come to a different country. Um, you have academic background. You have, you know, a long kind of period of, you know, experience and you have skills and you think, you know, you, you, you learn the language, especially now, uh, as, as I had, you know, different language and uh, background. And, and so you think it's going to be easier, <laughs> but no, exactly. absolutely. It has proved me wrong. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. No life, no life throws you from one end to another end. Uh, but the amazing thing about your story is the fact that from there on, you actually found your purpose and which was helping people. And I really loved just hearing that part where you said, actually, 
by you seeing how there was other struggling Somalis that were coming also as asylum seekers who obviously needed help that made you think okay then automatically you didn't think about oh what else can I do to earn money now what you thought about is actually what can I do now to help my people and I think that is amazing that the whole point of purpose in life Thank you. Thank you, Samira. Yes, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, when you are in your own country and um, you studied in, I think, the privilege in my generation, like myself, uh, you know, I had in, 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 in Somalia was when you <laughs> finished your university degree, you know, no worry about basically getting into job, you know, employment has been, you know, uh, given uh, to, to students when they finished uh, and, and they, you know, and study. And sometimes you don't, you know, you take these things for granted. You don't realize that, you know, um, even, you know, the uh, well-developed world, you know, it's not, it's not the case, basically. No, no, absolutely not. I mean, look at, for example, where we are now in the UK. Um, when, you, when you leave university, like you said, in Somalia, it was very advanced. People, as soon as you graduate, there was guaranteed job more or less, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, whereas here you can graduate from university, but you could still be at the bottom of the pile. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. And no job. <laughs> <laughs> no job. You'll be exactly, you would have had um, to pay the student fees and then with no job. And then you're starting from catch 22. <laughs> yes, so, yes. No, absolutely, yes, I yes. understand that. Thank you. So you were continuing on with the story about, so you, you transitioned basically from so you we got to the point where you said basically you were moving into the UK so is that that must have been a big decision then to move you and your family to the UK from Holland yes yes it, it was really and I think you know initially I thought you know oh you know because you you, you know what I was lacking it was you know uh, employment you know and, and 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 you know kind of stability and and, and so you so that was uh, what, what I was really pursuing in in there and when I actually found a permanent job that pays well and, you know, well kind of established and settled, you know, then, you know, other challenges, you know, uh, you know, comes and then you look, you know, the society in different lens and, and you, uh, and, 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 and other challenges were that, you know, basically in, in the Netherlands, they were, they were actually, and, um, and, um, a kind of limited opportunities for, for young people. And, and, and for me, it was like, um, because obviously, you know, I already, you know, studied in my country. I, you know, I have been, you know, become the person I wanted to become. Um, I was already confident when I came to, to the Netherlands, even even though it was in my 20s, late 20s. Yes. Uh -huh. um, then, you know, I still was, you know, confident person that, you know, still can find, you know, a hard position in society. But then, you know, I've seen how you know and other migrants who were before us like moroccans or turkish were struggling really absolutely and Somali yes. young people how they were struggling actually to find their own you know fits and opportunities yes. in schools were very limited there was a lot of uh, a kind of of discrimination that a lot of young people were um facing so i thought for myself like i don't want to my children to go through that Ooh. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So you, you made that decision basically because of all the hardship that was happening and the lack of opportunities is one of those things, even though you said like you found a, a permanent job that was paying good money, you made the decision to leave that and move to, to relocate to the UK for the interest of your family and yes. for better opportunities. Yes. Absolutely, absolutely. So we, mm -hmm. you know, obviously as a family, we discussed about this, we consulted with the children and... and 
um, we, you know, really and and checked here, and there was some friends of of mine who moved to to Leicester, and and and, and so um, we actually and, and you know and tried to find out in terms of um, the 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 opportunities that are here, and then comparing to 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 the you know to, to the Netherlands. And, yes. And as a family, we took a decision to actually it's best for you know interest of the children to move actually here in UK so that they can basically, um, you know, and achieve their potential, but, you know, as well as, you know, and while they, uh, you know, still have their own identity, culture, you know, faith, you know, and, and, and that was one of the big issues in, in the Netherlands. Absolutely. No, I completely understand. I completely, so, so, um, so basically after you've moved, so now, so, so if we basically fast forward a little bit then, yeah. And so now you've moved to the UK and obviously, like you said, you've made that move, not because of just of your career, but you made that move, basically something that you sacrificed for your family just to give yourself that more opportunities for them. Okay. So mm -hmm. take us to the point now of basically you, you, you're in Leicester now. Um, where are you in your career now? So I came Leicester, uh, you know, it, it, you know, again, it's like, you know, starting from scratch. I don't know where to start. Children yes. uh, and we're young uh, and they need also my support. Um, it's a new environment for them and it's a big leap. <laughs> yes, so uh, the first year I actually decided that I'm going to stay at home with the children, help them actually to, to that position uh, with them, you know, uh, settle and help them in terms of with their study. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, in, uh, well, that was 2000. So 2001, you know, I um, applied a job as a community development officer that has been um, um, published. So I applied and I, you know, have been, you know, um, and, and given the job. Yes. And that was basically a community development officer, especially, and there's a lot of Somalis, you know, at the time we're moving actually to, to, to Leicester and mainly coming from the Netherlands. Wow. So you basically, again, you, you saw a lot of, of people who were in similar situation as you. So the job that you found, don't you think it was fate that you were supposed to yeah, find that job? Exactly, exactly. And again, it was supporting a small community Amazing. in Amazing. Leicester. Yes. yes. Uh -huh. And so I have done that and for three years, you know, done research into Somali community development needs in here. Um, we have uh, an, 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 you know, um, an action plan through that with the local authority and working with the health authority and, and the main, basically main uh, stream services and uh, to, to help them actually understand the community better, but also assess, you know, they need this in a way that is actually uh, compatible with the culture and, 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 and the needs of the community and support them in order to support you know the community so so that was actually and uh, some of the stuff i have done initially the first three years and 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 and, and 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 then you know i was you know really thinking to um go into my social work um there was a lot of actually opportunities and that i was able to um, go into that Yes. But then when I looked, you know, the community and issues and on the ground is, although there was a lot of um, efforts from, uh, especially an, a local authority, to support the community to um, settle, and mm -hmm. still it was like a drop in the ocean. And so I decided instead of actually going to um, my, my, my beloved career as a social worker, and to basically set up an, um, an organization which is called the Somali Development Services. 
Okay, small development to support the community. And I think the first challenge that I faced was obviously I was in the beginning I was academic and then I became practitioner. Um, you know, and I was employed, so I have never, you know, had, you know, kind of that running or, you know, an organization or managing. So that was, I think, the first, you know, challenge I, I faced. Um, yes. So I had to look in terms of how can I actually overcome these challenges. I, you know, I have to research in terms of other organizations that kind of um, uh, support similar uh, organizations like me. I find a different organizations that actually support me, especially um, and voluntary uh, Leicestershire Voluntary Action here in Leicester. And there was at the time or other organization that is not anymore actually existing, but they used to provide a, a, a business training. So like, for example, management. Yes, to help you basically set up the organization. Yes, exactly. So even though it was a non-profit making organization, but still you're managing an organization. So you, you have are. to learn how to manage an organization, how to manage yes. the finance, how to deliver the service you want to deliver, yes. and how to provide evidence, how to market, how to also liaise with you know uh, inland revenues, you know taxes, how to bake. So there's so much. So much. Stuff that actually, I have no idea <laughs> how to start. Yes. <laughs> you, 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 you basically started in a new minefield. So it was a new. So you were basically a fish out of water. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And so again, it was like, you know, uh, somebody is putting, you know, uh, uh, you're like going to swim, but doesn't know how to swim. <laughs> yes, you're fighting against the current, trying to get out. Yes, yes. But then, Absolutely. You know, I think, you know, what, what helped me was like, actually, you know, acknowledging your limitations, basically, and your strengths. Yes. And, and also, um, identifying where you can get support. So that, I think that was what helped me. So I was able to do that. And I founded, you know, actually identified my, my weakness and my strength and actually, you know, founded the support I needed. And initially, you know, I set up, you know, the organization successfully. And because of the already the, the work I have done with the local authority, with the mainstream service, there was a lot of, you know, kind of, you know, support and appetite actually to support such organization to, yes. to, to support the community. And I got uh, and, and support from local authority. I started actually, you know, uh, providing advice, information, guidance, uh, and, and to the community, kind of a drop-in session is, but then we have done research into Somali children, education needs, uh, because we want really to start, you know, um, supporting especially children. And um, through that research, actually, uh, we found out that a lot of schools were struggling really to, to cope with the amount of Somali children numbers who um, and came to you to their schools um, because they didn't have capacity. They, you know, it wasn't included in the budget, so it's a lot of struggle. And we helped them actually to highlight these issues yes. with the local authority, education department, and we actually worked closely with them to uh, provide this support. And, 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 and the report from the research has made and, and several recommendations, which were, you know, some of them were actually to, you know, employ Somali bilingual, you know, assistant teachers to support the children who yes. actually, and exactly, some of them, you know, they, they came and, and in, in different European countries, they well talented, uh, they knew um, in terms of academically, they could, they didn't know English, so if they have been assessed in English, that means they actually actually scored very low. It means the children's academic level has not been reflected in the assessment. 
No, absolutely not. So what yes. we what we actually uh, recommended was that the children need uh, uh, they they needed to be assessed in a language they understand. So yes, if, if, it's, if, if children who came from the Netherlands or Swedish or Denmark, they needed or from Somalia directly, they needed to be assessed in a language they understand. And actually, an an, an employee, you know, these bilingual teachers, which was successfully local authority implemented and has been. Absolute tremendous uh, and, and, and progress in, in that scene. Exactly. So basically, in that time of you starting um, your um, organization, the Somali Development Service, is that correct? SDS? Yes. 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 When you, from the time you started that, you've just mentioned that some of the biggest results is that you've made a huge difference to the lives of the Somali students by making important recommendation at the times that weren't being discussed at the local councils is that correct like yes uh, yes absolutely and what we did also was like we set up uh, ourselves we said okay this is also what we can support with the local authority and schools what can we do ourselves as a community uh, we set up a homo club and for for um, children and especially secondary schools year seven and, 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 and year 11 some of them, you know, some many families were living in overcrowded houses. They just, some children were well, well talented, but they didn't have, you know, space. The space, space. space. Yes, exactly. No, no, we were sorry. able to provide that space. We were able to actually help them to, um, those who have, you know, struggling with their homeworks to uh, help them. So we had teachers, we employed teachers, math, English, and, um, and science, who um, helped the young people, actually children to, um, with a home, uh, home yes, yes. Home, yes and that was for free so the children could come to it the was free yes, absolutely and, and we used wow. to run the weekends so that you know wow. children you know they have you know accessibility in the weekends yes. and, and, and 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 i can proudly say that a lot of these young people who has been actually supported through that years you know many of them are graduated are working now in the council or other you know parts of the mainstream services it's really much a lot yeah Allah see that is well needed like we said when English is not your main language or let's just say you're not speaking the language of the country that you live in and your child gets a homework how are you supposed to help them so that's where they talk about the whole cycle um, of poverty and how children get lost in the system is the fact that obviously your parents they can't speak the language you're obviously you got this homework as you said if, if, if your parents can't help you, you're even like more disadvantaged than everybody else. And then when you think about the lack of space, which is yes. something you've solved by having that community, people, children, parents were able to get involved and yes. bring their children there. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Yes, and and, and alhamdulillah. So we so so we did that, and but then also we we moved on and we did also research on because we wanted also to help the adults as well. And we did research into Somali and employment needs, and, and through there we found out that money, especially parents, especially women, um, the key, you know, an obstacle is that actually hampering them to uh, find a job or, or upskill themselves was childcare, and, yes. and, the, and the language. And so yeah. um, we set up again, you know, um, langu language classes, but also we set up, you know, a crash. For those who you know um, wanted to participate in the learning programs, so they can learn the English uh, courses, but as well as you know they can bring the children, so that you know they they have that you know uh, accessibility in the learning programs, and that was Correct. very very successful one year. 
I, oh, I can imagine, especially if you have a crash, you'll get a lot more com people coming because it's true when you're in a country and you don't have like immediate family, who are you going to leave your children with? Exactly, exactly. And if you want to, you know, an empower women and especially parents, you know, and, 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 and help them training, train them, you know, upskill them, learn the, the language so that they can become yes. active citizen, they become integrated into society, they become independent economically, go into, you know, jobs. Um, you know, exactly. You need you you cannot have without without childcare. Absolutely. Without child childcare, and obviously that's one thing that I've discovered in this country, living in the UK. Obviously, childcare here is very expensive. So, to mm -hmm. our listeners who might not live in the UK and live in other countries in Europe, such as Sweden, they've got amazing childcare where it's subsided. You get nine months. Um, fully paid maternity and you get re really discounted like i think i read something like 200, yeah, yeah, amazing, 200 yeah. Euros or something a month or 300 euros that you pay here uh child care is through the roof it's almost like a little mini mortgage <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and sometimes you know people who are working they will say like you know most of my salary goes to the child care so sometimes they're thinking what's the point of working you know absolutely when you yeah. Of the money it really is so just to give our listeners an example so on average the uk so if you work full-time and you need your child into child care five days a week we're talking about minimum 900 pound a month that's minimum if you are somewhere in the uk let's just Absolutely. say i don't know um manchester or nottingham but if you're in london the average is believe it or not is about 1500 pounds so depending on where you live in the country, you've yes. got different amounts for childcare. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Parents, there's a working mum, it's really expensive. And that's one thing I've so that's how mm. Somali Development Services started and grown over the years. And then initially we set up for Somali community. And now is an organization that, you know, has, you know, an almost 20 uh, employees. Um, and, 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 and we have, uh, yeah, employees that actually reflect the diversity of elasticity. Um, yes. Not only Somalis, we got Asian, African, um, we have white British, Somalis. Um, so very inclusive, you run an inclusive organization, which is very important, yes. Yes, absolutely. And we support now, we specialize supporting new arrivals. So uh, Somalis, many Somalis now settled the, the, the city, um, they moved on. And, and there are, you know, uh, new arrivals who are coming from other European countries and, and immigrants, you know, economic immigrants, there's European nationals who are coming from France, Italy, you know, Spain, Germany. And, and so we, we specialize supporting, supporting those who provide uh, family support service, young people support service, we still provide that. Um, yes. We are privileged to support, you know, Somali families and other families who are really either, whether it is domestic violence or whether sometimes um, children who has been in contact with child protection kind of and, and issues, we do uh, provide support to that. Um, and, and but we focus on employment and training because we really want to empower community members to become independent and, and you know active citizens to uh, be part of society and become independent from from welfare system. Amazing, no, absolutely. So basically, over the years, your service you've got more services that you've added. Yes. And increase so for example you just talked about domestic violence and mm -hmm. you, you've also talked about um sorry you talked about domestic violence and, and, and you've talked about again like helping the new arrivals as well to settle in and stuff that's amazing yes, yes. so, so 
another thing as well was I was going to just touch up upon is so obviously so that was your work from um, with SDS and also you also have an, another organization as well the global Somali diaspora would you mind telling us that about that one as well yeah so and through the years obviously the the work I have done with the Somali development services it didn't actually and stay only Leicester. So we also um, have worked closely with 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 national level. We have worked with, um, and for example, um, um, home office. We have worked with you know and foreign office in uh, UK. We have also worked with um, in the Netherlands. You know, for example, uh, and and a lot of different organisations that actually come you know came to Leicester to learn actually, and our organisation because our organisation has been set up as a social enterprise. So um, we're able to actually generate, you know, income from our services, but also goes that services, you know, uh, income to, to back to the community. So it was a really good model that, you know, um, and Sweden and also Netherlands, you know, very interested. And so, you know, for example, I was able to, for example, um, you know, uh, go into Sweden and do a lot of seminars about that, but also Sweden, you know, uh, and, and, and policymakers, a lot of them, actually came to Leicester and we have run workshops for them. Amazing. Through, yes. through, yeah, through, through that, actually, uh, has been recognized um, our work, for example, especially my work, by, um, I was, you know, really honored to, to, to receive, you know, a medal from, from the Queen and Her Majesty in 2000, it was 2018, I think, December. Um, wow! So you, so so you must have one of those push titles now. What's the push title that you have now? <laughs> it's MBE. So it's a yeah. It's, 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 yes, yes, yes. It's a, excellent. Yes, so Joahir MPE is when you add your um. So every year to our listeners, every year and I think December twice a year. Uh, yes. There's on a list. And, yes. and it's such an amazing honor. So, Joya, congratulations, 2013. So, does that mean you're one of the first few Somalis who got this honor then? Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> you can say that. Exactly, so, Marshall. Yes. So, so, in terms of uh, Global Somali Diaspora, I am a chair of Global Somali Diaspora at the moment. It has been set up in uh, 2014 in, in Istanbul, in Turkey. And by, um, you know, 100 Somali and actually professionals, academics, you know, practitioners, business people who came around uh, the world and wow. with, the, with the help of Turkish uh, government. And yes. the aim was really to um, create a platform that connects um, Somali diaspora around the globe, um, share expertise, you know, and, and, and knowledge. And network within themselves, but also, you know, and try to and address some of the challenges they're facing in their host countries. Yes, correct. And, as well as contributing to rebuilding of, of Somalia. Absolutely, um, absolutely, yes. Uh -huh. We need to so, rebuild back home as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and as you might know, uh, Samira, and I think the, the most uh, contribution uh, to Somalia actually is, is made by Somali diaspora. Yes, billions, was it billions that go back home to the home yes, country? Yes, yes, exactly. So I have become the chair. So I was, you know, really privileged to be part of of, of uh, and the, the hundreds who founded uh, Somali uh, a global diaspora in Istanbul. I was part of that, um, and, and I became an 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 leader of of of, of a Leicester chapter. 
yes. in, in, here in the UK. And 2017, I become uh, the chair of, of uh, uh, Global Somali Diaspora as after has been, you know, restructured. And and so um, so we, you know, Global Somali Diaspora. The background is that, and the aim. And I just, you know, uh, mentioned. And we run different uh, and international conferences and also national events. Exactly. Uh, we have yes. representative in in Australia, in America, and, and you know Europe. Uh, different parts of Europe, in the Middle East, in Africa, and and it's very important that uh, really uh, we 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 kind of keep that platform for Somali diaspora. We have run an uh, international conferences and and it has been set up in in Uganda in Mogadishu 2016. We run last year one in in Istanbul, Istanbul. Uh, which was the fifth you know, anniversary of Global Somali Diaspora. Yes, uh, there is there is national, for example, and, and events in in different countries. Like for example, in UK, we have done last year an, an annual conference uh, that was focusing on Somali diaspora in the UK, their challenges and opportunities. Yes, and they run similar kind of events in Australia, in Sweden, in you know uh, Norway, um, in, in you know in America. So um, it's one, yes, so, so it's basically it's uh, completely um, the the concept of the smart GSD has spread out through the whole of the world. It's whole global now, mashallah. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And in terms of uh, contributing back home, and we just did also last uh, last year December and um, and symposium, uh, which we you know uh, call GSD in action and symposium in Mogadishu. And, and that was actually follow-up of recommendations that uh, and come out from the outcomes of uh, the Global Somali Diaspora International Conference in Istanbul. And we want to also um, spread that also the rest of the country in Somalia. So we are planning one now to do in Giroway, in Hargeisa, hopefully, inshallah, if the security allows in Baidaba and Kismay as well. Inshallah, exactly, exactly. Once you've got the security, you can have it in the homeland. Absolutely. Yes, yes. So that that is, you know, the key. I think, um, and, and the Global Somali Diaspora is planning. Also, it is uh, an, an an international conference this year. Hopefully, uh, we are planning to hold in uh, Doha in Qatar, and but also there is also the national one in the UK, and we also planning that. So there's a lot of activities. It's busy, two big conferences. Exactly. So you've got the UK conference coming through and you also got one international conference in um doha like you just said and that's going to yes. be big as well and if anybody obviously like has been following the twitter feed or the social media feed from last year um the global somali diaspora you would have seen it had a lot of um prominent people and a lot of uh, recommendation and it was very valuable for the global somali diaspora yes um, thank well, you thank you samira yes and i know that firsthand because i was there so yes it absolutely <laughs> it was it was honor to have you and your contribution was highly appreciated as a as a you know representative of somali professional network no, absolutely, absolutely. No, I really, really enjoyed it and stuff like that. It's an honor to work with um other mashallah like 
excited and passionate people. It felt like I felt the energy. It was the first time that I've been in a room um, in a global Somali diaspora event. And I just felt what, mashallah, like, you know, there was people coming from all over the globe and we were all there in a different country. I've never been to Istanbul before. But we were literally in this hotel and um, conference and you can just see everybody was just so hopeful. So I felt leaving that conference, one thing personal that I felt is I felt hope. And I just appreciate the fact that you instilled hope in all of us. Obviously, we all have hope that the homeland, you know, one day, inshallah, you know, will get better and we will get stronger. And at one point, we're not going to need anyone else. But it's just obviously right now, it, was, it just felt like we left that conference feeling yes. very hopeful. Yes, very hopeful. absolutely. And it's, it's about bringing people together, networking. So, for some of the feedback we have received, you know, uh, the international communities, the, you know, this, you know, governmental uh, institutions from uh, different countries, the way Somali academic is, you know, Somali, you know, practitioners, Somali business people, you know, other others who, you know, really contributed, but also shared between themselves. And feedback we have received from there, it was amazing. I remember one of the international community members who, who told me, said, you know, I have, I have attended so many conferences, you know, I haven't seen, you know, a Somali-led, you know, international conference at such a high profile uh, level. I have never, you know, attended. And so it was really, you know, showcased the Somalis. So not only, you know, we can bring our people together and actually discuss, you know, issues, you know, concerning, you know, like, you know, for example, uh, and uh, you know, investment and, and and businesses like youth, you know, issues, you know, reconciliation, um, environment. But it shows, like, you know, the Somali, you know, actually they have the capacity to, you know, actually, you know, run and deliver such high-profile conference, international conference. Absolutely. So, um, so it was really, you know, amazing. And I think, you know, the, um, the, the recommendation is the ideas that came from uh, the conferences, you know, was as a result, you know, we run, we done uh, and, and, and the youth programs in Mogadishu um, and that actually and, and focusing on how can we and, and, and help the employability skills, you know, and of young Somali young people in, in, in the country? How can we increase, you know, and, and their confidence? How can we also link uh, with them and also and, and the invest, investors? Like, you know, we brought together, um, you know, banks, you know, uh, and Somali banks, Somali private sector, uh, and to actually help young people to understand how they invest, what their criteria are, how can they, for example, if they have ideas to set up their own business, how can, how can they be supported, and so on. So it was absolutely successful uh, and program. Oh, wow. No, absolutely. Sounds really definitely successful. And um, inshallah, it'll be more stuff to hear about it in the future. So, Jawahir, I was just going to say that to you as well. Um, I was going to ask you. So in terms of somebody who obviously wants to take a similar path to you in the careers, what advice would you give your younger self? Or um, what advice? So what, what do you wish that you, ha you would have known that now? So you would have known then that you know now, <laughs> if you were to share that. Yes. yes. I think, you know, what I would say is like, for example, we all have responsibilities and to give something back to our community. And sometimes as a young person, you don't realize some, sometimes, you know, we take, you know, the, the, the opportunities we actually have or receive it as a granted. But, you know, we are, sometimes you don't realize, you know, the investment and the hard work that went into that actual opportunity that they have actually access. 
So I always, you know, advise, you know, give something back to the community. And it's not a community when I'm saying, I don't mean only Somali community. I mean the society you are living in, actually give something back, you know. If you become academic or practitioner or business person or whatever, you know, career you choose, give something back uh, and, and to the community. And that, that one thing I would, I would say, but also I would say you, you will come across, you know, uh, challenges and a lot of things you don't, be disappointed don't give up you know just i would say you know uh work hard do your best and you know just to move you know go forward <laughs> mashallah no absolutely that's great advice it's true um you you must contribute to the society that was beautiful what you said you must contribute to the society that you live in as a human being wherever you are in the world it's not yes. about just helping your people but it's also about helping general people across so anybody who's in need and using that to benefit the society i think that's a very important point absolutely and if you look as a diaspora you know especially in somali diaspora living abroad um, the society you know the whole society that they're living in actually invest them so much and that's why i mean really they need also to you know and acknowledge that don't take for granted that and you know give something back <laughs> No, absolutely. No, that's a great point. And I love the point as well that you made about never to obviously give up. Just keep it moving. Always keep it moving. <laughs> yes, exactly. Until yeah, you will succeed. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and I like the whole point, what I found about your story that's inspirational, that stood out for me as well, is the fact that you, you, you not only had one setback, but, setback, but you've had actually a couple of setbacks. Like you said, when you first mm -hmm. obviously moved from Somalia, to Netherlands, starting mm -hmm. from scratch. Then you made the big move after you've established your social work career in Netherlands mm -hmm. and you moved to the UK. And again, you started that from scratch again. And yes. but by this time, it was like a whole purpose where both times when you look back at all the stuff that you were doing, it, you wanted to benefit people. You wanted to add value. And, yes. and, and, you, and you can tell that you're very passionate and you wanted to help. And by you wanting to help people and you following your purpose, mashallah, look at that now. You've started so much um you started an amazing organization which is helping people all across the world so it started the whole uk thing and then it moved to global yes absolutely absolutely yes yes no, thank you thank you so no, much for summing amazing. up here yeah, so beautifully <laughs> no it's, it's really nice i try to i want to i want to do it justice so it's like but because like we said i mean we can talk all day here and stuff yes it's really beautiful and we've um so that will basically bring us to our end i just want to say thank you again for your time and for all our listeners the, this episode please let us know your comments what you think about it any other questions you have and we will ask that to Jawahir as well and maybe we can invite her again so do thank you thank you Samira thank you for uh, the great you know job you're doing for the community I really you know admire you as a young person how you're working hard um, and, and giving me this opportunity really to talk about my journey thank you so much Yes, you've got, you've got a great story to share and we must share it and inshallah who knows who will inspire out there and stuff so yeah. what we'll is um so we're gonna conclude there and um yes we will speak soon but thank you very much to our listeners and we'll speak again soon thank that you were listening to the somali professional podcast thank you dear listeners thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Somali Professional Podcast with your host, Samira Ali. Join us again next week 
for another wonderful inspirational story.